This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, we have something special today for our podcast, and uh, we're not going to be doing an interview, but uh, Rocky Fleming, our founder, was asked to speak at the weekly mentor call that the Influencers Bakersfield guys do every week. And they asked him to speak on evangelism versus discipleship and how they're similar, how they're different. Because uh, there seems to be a lot of confusion in those in those terms and those processes, and uh, he did a he did a wonderful job, and so they recorded it, and we are going to share with you Rocky's presentation to the Influencers Bakersfield Mentor Call. So enjoy this broadcast of evangelism versus discipleship. I will tell you this: that uh, there are certain things that you grow up with, and uh, when you tend to grow up with them, you tend to have a, a maybe a, a perception of it or an understanding of it that might be limited. It might be skewed. And I would say that I have had that uh, happen. And so what happens is that you began to have to refresh yourself. And this was, a, this was a situation that I had to refresh myself to see how I could answer uh, what is evangelism and discipleship. Because I think there's a lot of misunderstandings out there. And I, I think incorrect uses too. And I think that's one of the things that we're seeing uh, how we're helping is trying to follow the Holy Spirit with his, his with his design of things. So let me just start it off by saying or asking what is the difference with the terms evangelism and discipleship. Some people believe that there's no difference. They may be right in that the word evangelist or evangelism is an expression of telling the gospel rather than it being a church position. It's an expression. Now, all Christians are called to evangelize, reach out to loss. We see that in Matthew 28, 18, 20. But some are given an extra measure of faith and effectiveness. Uh, the spiritual gift of evangelism is found in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, but also others too. And I, I want to point it out because here's what it says. Paul writes this. He says, Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up of the body of Christ. So that's the reason uh, we have those two working together, evangelism and as well uh, discipleship. In Ephesians uh, verse, we see that, that two essential activities in the church concerning evangelism and discipleship are there. They're, they're, they're distinct, and but they're unique. We see that they are joined together for a master plan. In those verses, we see mentioned evangelists who reach out and find, and shepherds and teachers who quip and build up. Both are essential, and when our spiritual gifts are working together, as we are designed to do so by Holy Spirit, the body of Christ grows deep and wide. The good news is proclaimed, and disciples are formed. So that's the design God has in mind for the organism 
call the church. See, the church is not an organization. And when we try to form it as an organization or a corporation, um, it becomes something else. But the organism is alive and will reproduce and be fruitful if it is stays the organism. And so we always have to go back to what is the design by the Holy Spirit, because that's the one that we need to follow. So uh, what's happened? There's been changes to this design. And, and in, any, in many ways, the, the words evangelism and discipleship or the emphasis becomes an either-or situations in a church philosophy ministry. It's not the spirit that changes. I, I really think what it is, is, is they are not seeing the whole truth of the gospel, and they're being led astray. Let me share my personal experience with what I've seen. But I want to I repeat something here over and over. Uh, when I do this, I want to tell you that I understand that your perspective might not be my perspective, and I respect that. And I also want you to know that I don't want to convince you my perspective. I just want to share with you uh, what it is and where it comes from and and then then encourage you to self-feed on God's word so you can you can see where I'm coming from and then maybe at the same time you can you can fill in some gaps that you might have. So <clears throat> let's unpack it. Let's kind of start with some definitions because I think that's very important for us to stand, understand. <clears throat> so here's what Christian evangelism has defined. Evangelism is the term we use to refer to the preaching of the gospel. It comes from the same Greek word for gospel, which is euangelon, euangelon, and you spell that E-U-A-N-G-E-L-I-O-N, euangelon, and it means literally gospeling. Gospeling. When, when we evangelize, we are gospeling. We're spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, when I'm doing my research, I, I, uh, I found it interesting what Billy Graham said about evangelism. And I think we all would say he probably represents the one who is most gifted in that area, at least in our lifetime. And it, and demonstrated what a true evangelist looks like. At least he did to me. And here's what he said. Spend more time in study and prayer. That's the secret of successful evangelism. So we have some insight here. He's telling us something that's essential for being a successful, being successful evangelist. So what's he saying? I think he's saying, in other words, we've got to know the gospel personally and be a witness of it if we're going to effectively spread it. Now, now we're kind of bleeding over into the discipleship here, the self-feeding, the research, digging deep. Now, I want to share this, though. I think it's important because if we're talking about evangelism, we need to understand there's a distinction between witnessing and evangelism. It's important, it's important we know this, and it, it's important because it's easy to think we're evangelizing when we're doing, a, all we're doing is bearing witness to the Savior. 
giving one's testimony is a good thing, no doubt. But it's not evangelism. Testifying to the work of God in our lives bears witness to what Christ has done for us. That's our personal story. And man, it is convincing. It's probably the most convincing we, thing we do. That, that is when we say, I, I can tell you what Jesus has meant to me, because that's what most people are wanting to know, is how has Jesus helped you? But that in itself doesn't give the content of the gospel. Living a righteous life manifests the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's a good thing. But we have not evangelized our neighbor if we've never shared the gospel with him. No one is converted by our kindness or our honesty. They're brought into the kingdom of heaven only through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. So now we're distinguishing between a personal witness and evangelizing. But here's how that works. Our life is an example of the effects of the gospel on it. And the gospel is the source of this change on our life. They go together. Kind of like evangelism and discipleship, which I'm going to prove. Now, back when I was involved with Navigators, and Pete was there then too as well, uh, we uh, <clears throat> they trained us in, in the Colossians 2-7 series, which we also trained others, to uh, do two things. And one was to uh, learn how to give your testimony in three minutes or less without uh, church cliches. So all the Baptists had to throw out walking down the aisle. And then the Pentecostals had to throw out slain in the spirit. I mean, they had, they had to get rid of some of the things that were church cliches that, that helped them say, I'd receive Christ at that moment. Because most people don't understand that terminology, right? And so in a lifestyle situation, which is one form of evangelizing, a credible witness is very important, very important. But at the same time, the NAVs back then, we trained them also in, in having a plan of salvation to present. And we did it with the bridge illustration. So one is a credible testimony, which tees it up, and but the gospel is presented in the bridge illustration or any other track. So you can see the, the importance of being ready to do that by having your understanding of it that comes from your understanding through self-feeding. Uh, so here's something I, I would like to say, be prepared for it because it might fall in your lap as it did for me a few years ago when I was in Tulsa with some of our guys over there and they had a large gathering of people and uh, they were doing the, you know, the, everything that they do with uh, trying to promote the, the journey and discipleship and, and influencers and the, and, the, and the great ministry that's going on over there, like in Bakersfield. And I happen to be privileged to be there. And somebody uh, uh, <laughs> asked the question that, um, hey, there's a lot of people here and some of them might not really know the plan of salvation. Would one of you be able to walk us through that? And and Frank Lill looked at me like a deer in the headlights, and he said, yeah, we got a great guy to do that. Rocky, will you come up? And it was at that point that I was prepared for something I was surprised for. Because I went back in my memory banks. Not wrote, 
not something memorized, but something understood about the gospel, about how the impossible chasm between God and, and mankind cannot be breached by good works. Even the best of people couldn't make it. And there was only one hope, and that was a bridge had to be built to us. And Jesus is that bridge. And it's, so it's that clear representation from a personal standpoint, but with scriptural guidelines that makes an effective witness and makes an effective evangelizer. And I think that's what Billy Graham was saying. You got to know the word. You got to know the gospel. You got to bleed the gospel. And when you do, you're going to be an effective witness, an effective evangelizer. And uh, so um, I came back out of that and I said, Brian, I'm kind of thinking we're missing out on something. We need to be maybe training people to be ready to give an account. So uh, we developed a pamphlet um, that can be used, and y'all can look that up if you want to on our, on our website. But it's, it's basically a, a very easy flowing pamphlet about the gospel and about receiving Christ. And, and, and we, we tell people, well, if you could read it and kind of memorize the heart of it, you probably can give it from your own uh, self-story, but it, it, at least you have something to hand out. So y'all can look into that if you like. And uh, because I came away thinking, thank God that I had been prepared for it. And there were some others came out thinking, man, I wish I'd been prepared for it. And there was a FCA guy back there who heads up that region. And um, and I've gotten to know him, and he's a really good guy. We're kind of friendly. And he came up to me afterwards. He said, Rocky, you're the bravest man I know. I'm asking, why? And I think he's saying, because that scared me to death. Because I wasn't ready. Full-time minister. Wasn't ready. So um, be ready, guys, gals, because I think if you are out there as a disciple to be a disciple maker you're going to also be invited to help somebody take their first steps and that's what evangelism is evangelism is the first step into discipleship so let's talk about discipleship what is christian discipleship now i said christian discipleship because you don't have to ha have to have jesus christ as your teacher to be a disciple you might be a disciple of bruce lee you might be a disciple of jim jones and that didn't work out good for them you might be a disciple of einstein or Karl marx i mean there are different kinds of teachers out there um, and we need to know the difference between what it means to be a disciple of christ and a disciple of any other thing that's out there disciple simply means one who accepts and assists and spreading the teachings of another. All it is. It doesn't have, have to be Jesus. It could be anything that you buy into. It might be your disciple of Hot Rod Magazine, your disciple of Bass Pro. I mean, your disciple of something that carries you, takes your interest. And um, but to be a disciple of Christ, there's gonna be a lot of difference there. There's gonna be a separation. But you know this thing about being a disciple of many teachers, Jesus, even Jesus, 
taught on that. He said this about it, and it came, comes from Luke 640. He says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. And we need to nail that down because being like the teacher is what qualifies a disciple. You're like Bruce Lee, and you're, you're persuaded by his type of karate. You're like your your disciple of Marx, so therefore you're going to be promoting Marxism. I mean, on and on and on. But being a disciple of Christ, although it is similar, similar, the difference is it's about Christ. It's not about those others. It's about Jesus. Now we have to ask, well, what is Jesus all about? Here's what I discovered. To me, this is my belief. It is apparent to me that evangelism must lead to discipleship. It can't stop there. And that and that discipleship will lead back to evangelism. Um there's some key characteristics that uh, I think we can look at. I kind of thought of them. Let me, let me tell you what I threw out there. I'm going to throw them out, see what you think. Uh, being a disciple of Christ, he or she follows Jesus. Now, what does that mean to follow him? Because, you know, he had thousands of people that followed him at one time. And then he had thousands of those people left him when it got going. When it got tough, when he began saying some things that they didn't understand or, or that were even offensive. Uh, I mean, how would you be as a follower if somebody said that you got to eat my body and drink my blood and be my disciple and not explain himself? He didn't explain himself when he told that. He had um, so many of his followers left. They only, he looked at his disciples, are you going to go now too? And Peter said, well, where else we go? And, and a disciple, here's what he does. He's not just a follower, but he's a stayer. He doesn't check out when things get tough. He or she follows him all the way and no holding back. That's what a disciple does. But many people like to join the show. I mean, there were people back then that... Jesus was the best show going, best entertainment out there. He was a source of food. He was a source of healing. He was a source of so many things that he brought that took them out of their whole home world. And a lot of people were just followers of Jesus because he was the best act in town. But they were not followers of, of the Savior, of the Messiah. They were not disciples. They hadn't made that commitment yet. And the disciple makes that commitment. And so that's important. To be a disciple of Christ uh, is constantly being changed by Jesus. It's an ongoing growth, always. In fact, that's what the word sanctification is referencing. It's growing as a Christian, growing uh, in a way that he would have us growing. And the question is, well, what does that growth look like? Well. Honestly, it looks like Jesus. 
because you see, this is what happens when a disciple follows his teacher. He begins to be like him. He and she, he or she began to be um, saying a lot of the same things, thinking the same way, acting in the same way. They began to take up his persona in many ways. And what we've discovered in the abiding relationship that we all understand is the heart of influencers is that out of that come the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit can be another way of saying that. That's the personality of Jesus Christ. That's the way he is. And so when we begin to abide with him, his ways become our ways. And that begins to show us where the disciple looks like. He starts to look a lot like Jesus. He represents himself in a different way. He rises above things that other people are earthbound because that's what a disciple does. That's where he's being led. That's the way he's being formed. And that's the kind of growth that the Holy Spirit is taking us through. It's not the work of man, not even the work of ourselves. It's the surrender of ourselves. That's what a disciple does. He surrenders himself so that he can be reformed. Um, so another thing is he or she is committed to the mission of Jesus. Now, what was and is his mission? Well, he came and died, and he opened the door for us to be able to have eternal life. And if we believe in him, receive him as, as Lord, Savior, then we are given that security. We are branded by him, and we are secured by him. That And heaven is our destiny. We are saved by grace through faith, not as a result of works. Any one should boast. So it's all his gift to us. And I say all the time, you know, our, our part in, in, in our salvation, we paid nothing for it. We did nothing for it. We didn't earn it. And in fact, it was the Holy Spirit that even convicted us of our sins. We did nothing. He did it all. That's evangelism. That's salvation. But discipleship, we do it all. It's about us dying. It's about us surrendering. It's about the man and the woman of the flesh being replaced by the man or the woman of his spirit. That's what happens in discipleship. That's his mission today. And that's why he told his disciples, and by the way, he told his disciples to tell the other the people they were disciple to tell them that the other people they were disciple and to tell them. And that's why 2,000 years later, we're reading Matthew 28, and it's our marching orders to go and make disciples, baptize and teach them all that I have instructed you in. And lo, I'll be with you always. And I find it interesting, he said, teach them what I have taught you. You see, that's what he did. He discipled them, and then he disciples others. But it always goes back to who began that, and it's Jesus who began it. It's got to always be about Jesus. It can't be about Bruce Lee. It's got to be about Jesus to be a disciple. It goes back to there. 
Here's what he said, because definitions are important, right? How do you define disciple? Well, let's ask him to define it. Let's ask Jesus. Jesus, tell us what a disciple looks like. Tell us what your disciple looks like. And in Matthew 16, 24, he said this. Then Jesus told his disciples, if you would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's what Jesus said. He also said in Luke 14, 26 and 27, and this is the uh, New Living Translation. He said, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. So, you know, we live in a, in a world, a, a Christian world, where we have watered down the gospel so much to make it sociably acceptable. Churches are entering into a, a different uh, thought process of trying to gather but not feed. And it's not getting them anywhere. It's taking away the punch. It's taking away the power of the gospel because of that. And, 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 and people are, man, I'm glad that they can hang out on the fact that only by Jesus are they saved. It's not by their works. I'm so glad for that because that's truth. But I wish that they would also hang out on the fact that he's going to require personal abandonment and absolute trust if we're going to be his disciples. So um, that's where we get personal abandonment, absolute trust in that mantra. It comes from those verses there. So we have a lot of confusion and truths about Christian discipleship. Here's my take on it. Christian discipleship must start with how Jesus defines disciple. And we just said that. I think we have to look at the, of the nature of how discipleship and evangelism are blended together. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 6. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So what you see here is evangelism, the seed being planted. Then you see discipleship, Apollos watering. And then you see the work of the Spirit. And that's where it all happens. And that's why it's important for us to be able to get people that we disciple into proximity with Jesus in the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that takes all of this together and reforms the person and makes them into the cycle that they can become. I had very few churches that did both. I knew one church that I grew up with that all they wanted to do was conversions, and they only counted that. Nothing else mattered. And it was skewed. There was no discipleship. There was no training. There was no development. Then I was influenced by another church that had no interest in evangelism, didn't feel like it was necessary. And they like to think that they were a discipleship ministry. But if discipleship does not live to a holy expression, which means going to look at a lost and dying world, and the evangelization comes out of it, then I don't think it's discipleship. It's got to have both. So I'm going to have to wrap it up. I've got a couple of thoughts I could have given you, but I'll try to summarize it and say it this way. You know, in the body of Christ, uh, there is a design plan that the Holy Spirit has. 
that blends evangelism, effective evangelism, with effective discipleship. And the way it's designed is with spiritual gifts. Because we have people that who do have a brilliance that the Holy Spirit gives them to be able to comfortably evangelize. And then we have those who are very comfortable in helping those new converts come to have a deeper relationship with Christ where they become reproducers. So back to the question, is evangelism and discipleship the same? No. But they are twin brothers doing different things for the same reason. The mission of both is to expand the church and grow her up in Christ. They are partners in the gospel. Well, you've been listening to a presentation Rocky Fleming gave to the Influencers Bakersfield Mentor Call that they do every week. And uh, anyway, if you'd like to find out more about how to make disciples uh, and join our journey process uh, that is spreading all over the country and all over the world, we'd love to help you. So go to our website, influencers.org, and we would love to help you learn more about discipleship up close and personal. So anyway, my name is Brian Craig, and I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.